you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast. Got stuck in traffic on the way in this morning. From the Chris Westling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis with Greg Rosenthal, a hero who was stuck in traffic, so the zummy drop works. Sometimes I think Zumwalt's just inside my own brain, or he's just like, he's actually back there live reading it, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe this is all just a, what do they call it, a, a simulation in the end. Um, also, uh, hey Mark, what's up? What up, B? I know you're under the weather. Uh, how are you feeling? This is a Watergate level disaster. Oof. What are some uh, symptoms we're dealing with? Black goo does not come from me. Mm, I don't know if I buy that because you brought it up. Are you going to be able to do the show with us today? I am attempting to. I cannot. Oh, but you, you can't, he can't. You can't miss the Thursday uh, preview show, though, Mark. You're o- overrating my interest in 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 the whole thing too. Mm, all right. How about this, Greg? How about this? Give us one football take and then get back in bed. I think that Mike Rabel is one of the most underrated coaches in the entire league. <laughs> Good take, uh, especially in this time. It's not yeah with the Titans and I all the drama. I literally don't care what your response is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. 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 Later. Clowns. Wow. Tuffy. Mark's not with us today, but in a way, he always is. That that was rough. I mean, it was mean at the end, clowns. Well, he can get mean sometimes, mm. as you know. As you know all too well, Greggy. Uh, this is the Week 14 preview. How about that? Uh, we've already previewed the Thursday night football matchup between the Raiders and Rams across the sidewalk. You taking uh, the family or anybody? Are you going to that game? I am not going to the game, no. No, okay. Uh, and now we're going to get through the rest of the week. I uh, mean, if the Rams yes. would have uh, helped out by giving my daughter a little more enjoyment watching football over the last uh, couple of months, we, we might be there. I asked her what she wanted for Christmas. She said multiple times a Rams win. It, it means that much to her. So, okay, so how old is your daughter? 11 now. 
Okay. Uh, how old am I? You, I think you know. 42 years old. Uh, your 11-year-old daughter's team won the Super Bowl last no, year. No, I get it. Like I in get February. It. I get it, but it makes you a little less... Just she, let her know that it's not easy. It's not you can't assume success. Not at all. She stays there till the very end of the game. She was so hopeful and kind of crushed it. last week. But I think seeing a loss in person when I expect it to be a loss would be tough. I hear that. I hear that. Anyway, so there's 32 teams in the league, of course. Six teams, Greggy, on by. That's uh, 26 teams. Uh, you know, and divide that by two. 13 games. We already we already did the Thursday night preview. So 12 games to talk about. Our last buys of the season. I'm going to miss them, you know. I am going to miss them. You know, I know the schedule makers don't keep fantasy people in mind, but hitting people with a six-buy week <laughs> in the final week of the fantasy regular season, I know you know what I'm talking about out there. Um, all right, let's get into We're also going to have a special guest because you just heard from Mark under the weather, uh, Neil Reynolds our good friend from Sky Sports over in the UK will join us and draft on Mark's behalf. But let's start, as we always do, with the primetime games. And yes, another flexed game. I believe this was flexed, correct? Dolphins at Chargers. Uh, Once again, from across the sidewalk, they get a lot of use out of that facility. Stan Kroenke raking it in. Uh, Let's talk about um, (laughs) uh, an important game, I think, for both teams, Greg. Let's do it this way, because the Dolphins... Licking their wounds a little bit. Pride maybe a little hurt after you go to San Francisco and you get humbled a little bit, both your offense, which had been unstoppable, and the fact that, you know, the Mr. Irrelevant was the other team's quarterback for the last three quarters of the game and you still couldn't find a way. You want to prove to some people out there that you are legit and a contender. And the Chargers, as beat up as they are, they're still in the playoff mix and they kind of have to have it. They do. I think this is one of the biggest games of – Brandon Staley's career as a head coach. There's differing views about his future. Some people, I think, think he's going to be safe regardless, but he's got the Dolphins this week. I, I don't think they're going to win this game. They've got the Titans next week. I don't know if they can beat anyone that's halfway decent right now. They're not good at all the ways that you want to be good playing football when you're like, think about, all right, we want to be a tough physical team. Every coach says we want to be a tough fig- mm-hmm. physical team. They can't run the ball. They can't stop the run. They can't rush the passer. I wouldn't say Khalil Mack's been a letdown, but you can you need more than Khalil Mack, and he hasn't been an explosive pass rusher most of the season with Joey Bosa not there. And they can't protect their quarterback. That's a lot of things you can't do well, and it's one of the reasons why Herbert uh, fans like myself have been you know in defense mode because uh, I really do feel like this is a bad football team being propped up by a top 10 quarterback when not much else right now. If they get Mike Williams back for this game and it sounds like he's trending back, that that will help out the offense a lot. Yeah, and uh, I think what the Chargers hoped was that Khalil Mack was going to be their version of Von Miller or what Von Miller was until Thanksgiving in Buffalo. Joey Bosa, that was just a killer injury for them because he is an elite uh, pass rusher, edge rusher that would have uh, changed the things and he still has no timetable. Mike Williams will be back, but again, last time he came back in primetime, all these teams play the same six teams play in primetime. Last time he played was in primetime and he re-hurt, re-injured his ankle and I think the offensive line, you can't ignore that. I mean, uh, not playing with, you played without your starting center, left tackle and right tackle last week, and you saw it. And it affects everything, especially when you take out Mike Williams as well. Uh, So you can't bomb away. And even if you you wanted to, you're not getting enough time to make it happen. And it's all kind of a 
a vicious stew for the quarterback. Yeah, Corey Lindsley, their center, who to me has been a bit of a Jenga piece for them all year, if you look at the numbers with him on the field and off, was back at practice, uh, which indicates he's probably going to progress through the concussion protocol. Their tackle situation is still a problem. I think the Dolphins' defense had been trending better until a a week ago. Jalen Phillips is having a really nice season for them as a second-year pass rusher. I also noticed, by the way, that he was like the – is it the Ed Block Courage Award nominee? Mm. Is that what it's called? From his team? And he's a second-year player? That's unheard of. I looked up and down the list. He's the youngest player in the league to get that. So shout-out to Jalen Phillips. But he's really been playing well uh, overall. And then you flip it to their offense, and I think that was just a blip on the radar. I think they're going to smoke this Chargers team. I think they'll put 30-plus points on the board. I will be curious to see, and this is a game where I think – they miss having J.C. Jackson. I know J.C. Jackson started out slow, but I think the idea of having J.C. Jackson is you can mix up what you do defensively a little more and play play more press man coverage. The way that the 49ers played the Dolphins, I thought was telling. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan knows Mike McDaniel and vice versa. They had their cornerbacks up on the line of scrimmage, trying to press him, just trying to mess up the timing just a little bit. Do. And it seemed like it did mess up the timing just a little bit, which which spooked two of Here's some data points, and I'm kind of with you. I think maybe obviously disappointing for Miami's offense, but there were still receivers running around wide open in that game, and Tua just had a bad game. So I don't think you could take one off game for the quarterback and say that this isn't going to work. I'd love to. You know, I'd love to, Greggy, but I can't. And then what you said about the Chargers and their defense being what it is right now, I mean, they're averaging nearly 26 points allowed per game right now. That's 30th in the league. And the Dolphins, this offense, we know what they do to defenses that aren't ready. In fact, according to our research department, against bottom 10 defenses this year, which Los Angeles is, they're 4-0 and four, uh, four and, oh, and averaging nearly 34 points a game and over 420 yards. Woo! Can Justin Herbert, um, some on, somewhat on an island here, keep up with this Miami offense? That's what you want to see. We know what we want here, Greg. We want a 42-38 shootout, but Los Angeles is going to really need to bring it on offense to keep up with this team. Like I'm, I'm one of the great playoff games of all time that I, we weren't around for, but everyone tells us, and if you look at the score, Kellen Winslow against the Dolphins, and that was oh, yeah. similar to the score. Very dehydrated he was, I believe. Game. Yeah. I think it'll be fun, but if I could lock two games, I would lock this one up too, but I'm not because I like one, another one even a little better. But I feel great about the Dolphins here. Okay, great. Let's hear from Mike McDaniel because that's always fun. Dolphins head coach. To answer your question, he does have an arm. I think I believe two of them. Um, and it is strong. Uh, I'm not sure how much he can curl, but he can throw the ball far. Very good player, challenging player that um, our guys will be up for and uh, excited for the test. Mike McDaniel on Justin Herbert. It's always that little extra – little itty-bitty thing that he adds. Justin Herbert has two arms, actually. Very matter-of-factly. There are parallels between Rosenthal and McDaniel. Let's just say what it is. I could see you giving a similar answer there. I love Mike McDaniel. I didn't like, though, that you um, – I, I think he uh, he's a unique personality, mm-hmm. but I think you – you have privately questioned you maybe just like he's he almost seems like he's from another planet. I, yeah. I think he connects with the players pretty well. I think he is who he is and he doesn't try to be anything else. And I don't think he's like inhuman or lacks like understanding of emotions. Uh, I think he's good at that stuff. I think everything you just said about Mike McDaniel, I could I could say about you as well. And I, yeah. mean, I don't mean that as an insult. I don't think he's an alien. I just think he's a little <laughs> bit um, coming from a different angle. Yeah. And and the way he puts things, uh, 
<laughs> I just find him humorous. I love him. And I, as I said, I'm no Dolphins fan, but I think it's good that a guy like Mike McDaniel could be successful in our league uh, so we could have some other archetypes for what a, a leader of a team can be. The they got to win this be... game to set up the Bills Dolphins game being as big as possible next week. Let's, Let's move go. to the other. Oh, I didn't even think of that, too. You got Tua Hive and Herbert. Oh, yeah. Herbert Hive. That's, that's the what only angle. this is. That's the only angle that anyone is taking. Of course, it seemed like the Dolphins a year ago had made a catastrophic franchise-changing mistake by taking to a, a pick before Justin Herbert. Now it looks better, but uh, let's not get crazy. You'd still rather have Justin Herbert. I like Herbert, too, but I'm not a member of the uh, Herbert Defense Fund like you and some other people. Yeah. Um, do you guys have, if this ends poorly on, on Sunday night and he plays poorly, uh, do you guys have an emergency meeting before the Monday morning Twitter takes, or how do you play this? The... The playbook in terms of how we defend Justin Herbert is well-established. The HDF. We understand the two systems that they're in right now. And uh, if Justin Herbert was on the Miami Dolphins, he'd be putting up MVP stats too. That is. That's a pretty good defense. It's hard to argue against that. But uh, how about Herbert balls out? Yeah, I want to see it. I need it. Monday night football. No, this is wrong. The Patriots couldn't be in primetime again. Well, you know what they could be would be in primetime four straight weeks, Dan, but they were flexed out of week 15. So just be thankful that we're getting the Giants and Commandos tie rematch in week 15 because that would have been Patriots just Raiders. But yes, they're, they're in primetime. I understand New England has a, a big fan base because of all the winning. But at what on, on Park Avenue, were they aware that Tom Brady was no longer on the team when they made the schedule this season? I've got a theory about this. You want to hear it? Yes, I want to hear it. It's driving me nuts. It's not a fun team, by the way. That's the other problem. Okay, and I didn't really understand this as much before, but primetime game is a big deal to owners. You know? Well, he's got juice. And uh, I think there was probably some trepidation even of taking this week the Chiefs and Broncos out of primetime just because it's like the Waltons. They just joined the family. That was going to be a big spot. And we're kicking the Waltons out of primetime. I think the Robert Kraft juice uh, is a factor here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the another team that plays in the AFC East that wears green, who everyone will agree is a very fun team to watch this year. We're still waiting for a primetime game. An owner without a lot of juice. I've got I got to say the old over the the old 10 a.m. Pacific time Jets. Uh (laughs) As usual. All right, let's get into this game. The Patriots need it. They need it in the worst way. They're 6-6. Six and six, And, you know, if not for Zach Wilson, their season might be over. Let's let's face it. Uh, but they did take care of the Jets those two out of three weeks or whatever it was and, and got to uh, the six wins, but back-to-back losses to Minnesota, which they played well but not good enough. Uh, I wouldn't say they played well, but they played competitively. Uh, and then b- the Buffalo game in primetime last week didn't go the way they wanted it to. But Arizona this week, Vegas next week. Are the Patriots, let's start here, a little more above the treetops for Greggy, the um, the uh, former Patriots fan. I'm, I'm a the fan. The last Patriots I'm fan. I'm a fan. It's just not the um, same. Is their season come down to they got to win these two road games? Oh, yeah. Because at best – <laughs> their final three games, which include the Dolphins and Bills. Cincinnati, Miami, at Buffalo to close. I mean, at, 
you're certainly not sweeping those games. If you won one out of those three games, I would take it right now. So for any chance to make the playoffs and get to nine wins, you got to win these next two. And you probably got to get to ten wins. But I'm going to keep it above the treetops, Dan. Okay. Because this game, it's two mediocre teams in my mind um, who probably aren't going anywhere. Patriots have a chance. Sounds right. I noticed when Kirk Herbstreet talked about Mac Jones in that Thursday night game that he specifically said Mac is gaining confidence in the people around him. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Kirk has a relationship with Mac Jones back to Alabama, probably had that little meeting and mm-hmm. stuff. And it just goes along with this whole thing that Mac Jones hasn't been happy with the coaching staff the whole time. And that's what I took out of that. The gaining confidence was in the coaching staff coming off a nice game in Minnesota. And then everything fell apart there. That's number one. Number two, and this is juicy. Mm-hmm. This isn't breaking news, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen it talked about anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a subscriber to the Boston Sports Journal. It was a gift from our friend Mike Berkowitz. Way too many details. Take this out of the network show. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Greg Bedard writes it. Great writer. In, in the Q&A with the, with the subscribers this week, which I checked out randomly, I, a lot of questions about Bill Belichick's future. Greg Bedard, who's been there a long time and knows a lot, thinks that Bill Belichick's job status is very much up in the air if Bill Belichick is not willing to have a plan for how to fix what is going on here. And what's going on here is, A, the offensive staff, B, the relative understaffing of the coaching staff in general, and then C, the fact that Bill Belichick's all but running the front office all by himself. That he's basically coaching the offense, the defense, and the special teams now. Because <laughs> anytime something wrong happens, he jumps into that side. Yep. And uh, and he's doing the entire front office. And that if Bill, for whatever reason, pushed back and didn't want to start populating these positions that this could be Bill Belichick's last season. Uh, Greg Bedard hasn't written this in an article. It was in a Q&A, but I'm like, wow, yeah. that's pretty interesting. Well, like you often say, Greg, when you, you come at someone uh, for <laughs> throwing something out there in a mailbag as opposed to reporting it with their chest and all that stuff, I don't want to make too much of it, but it does logically make but sense. He's not saying out of, out of the blue either. He's not getting fired, but it could be a situation where Kraft, another powerful guy with – uh, you know, a prideful man that has a vision for the organization might give him an ultimatum. And then, you know, there are a lot of egos there here and, and maybe that's how it ends. Um, yes. And I'll even I'll say you like, better win this game, by the way. I think this game's a little dangerous. I think it's dangerous. Yeah, well, let's stay above the treetops just a little bit longer okay. just because. Um, yeah, I, I think that Belichick did kind of foul up and I was defending him in the beginning of the season and through the summer. Like, oh, they'll figure it out. They always figure it out. But I agree, like you're seeing the frustration. You saw Mac Jones picked up by the cameras on Amazon um, saying, you know, throw the ball downfield. The short game doesn't work. Uh, There's obviously frustration there. And then Belichick himself was doing his, um, he does a weekly radio show uh, up there in New England. And I thought this was pretty interesting what he had to say when asked about the offense and what changes they can make to kind of get this thing going. Yeah, I think we need to do what we're doing better. Um, yeah, I don't think at this point making a lot of dramatic changes is is it's too hard to do that. We we need we're if we can just do consistently what we were doing, uh, we'll I think we'll be all right. I think that Greg a lot of optimism with there. with uh, Belichick is as close to you'll get as a public admission that he kind of messed this up a little bit, hmm. and he, it's too late to change things. And now they just got to find a way to to make it work. Um, as it is, and maybe that's not going to be good enough. And and you're right, as we turn, like, kind of looking at this game specifically, 
it should be a winnable game against the Cardinals. Um, but do I trust this New England team to go on the road and win in primetime? I don't. I just don't think they're very good. I agree. This is a, uh, an Arizona offensive line that you would think the Patriots defense will scheme up pressures against and confuse and do enough to win the game. I, I do think they'll win. But they've struggled with mobile quarterbacks. Kyler looked pretty good coming off his injury, ran for 56 yards uh, in that game back where they really outplayed the Chargers. And it was the first time we've seen Marquise, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Rondell Moore all healthy and kind of getting things done. And I just don't see a very athletic Patriots defense, so I could see it. I could see the Patriots losing this game. I, I expect it'll come down to the end. That pass rush is going to be important for the Patriots, too, uh, led by Matthew Judon, because Kyler Murray is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league under pressure. In fact, according to Next Gen Stats, his completion percentage is 42%. That's 27th in the league. Dead last hmm. uh, in um, passing touchdowns. He has not thrown a touchdown under pressure this year, according to Next Gen Stats. His passer rating, 12.8. So if you get after him, he's throwing the ball for grabs. He's going down. He's starting to sulk. And and this this negativity machine of the Cardinals starts firing up. All right. Let's Check out that Monday Night Football recap. It'll be a banger. Oh, yeah. Who's a, who are you going to get? Uh, the- <laughs> I think we got Nate Tice this week. Oh, Tice. A Tice bomb. All right, let's let's take a break, and then we will begin our draft with Neil Reynolds. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back. 
we have a guest, Greggy. He is the anchor of Sky Sports NFL and our friend, Neil Reynolds. Welcome, buddy. Thank you very much. Grandiose music for yes. me. I don't feel worthy of it, but it's Felt good like to be here. like something regal for our Englishman, our yeah, friend. Absolutely. It's, it's like an anchor guys. like stabilizing the rest of the coverage, not dragging it to the bottom of the sea. I just want to just, say And that, just so know. I'm clear uh, in terms of rivalries <laughs> here, Neil, Sky Sports, Greggy does the Channel 5 thing over there in the Monday UK. Monday Night Football, yeah. So you guys are kind of enemies. No, sharing. because we don't we do not do a studio on Sky Sports at that time yeah. of night. So I'm fast asleep, mm. enjoying yeah. my beauty sleep while Greg's working. Still feel like, feels like a potentially dangerous I see what you're trying here. to do. But if you want to be entertained, to <laughs> yeah, check us out on Channel 5. Yeah, there's a whole 3 a.m. club, some dancing. Neil, we need you, buddy. We need your help. I don't know if you heard Mark at the top of the show, mm. but he's just not um, up uh, to doing the <laughs> Thursday program uh, beyond that cameo. So now that we start the portion of the uh, preview show that has a draft, I need you to step in for Mark Sessler and make some picks. And I was thinking about that when you messaged me on the way in, and I was like, what an honor. It, first of all, it should be an honor, right? I think it's stepping in and drafting for Mark. I listen to the podcast all the time. I love the uh, the preview show. I, I actually listen to it when I'm driving to Sky Sports to do our Sunday show mm. um, because it's like a 90-minute drive and mm, that perfect. fits perfect. But part of me just wants to pick really bad games to oh, mess yeah. with Mark. <laughs> what yeah, does that you'll say do about it. me? But he kind of does what that on his own and many times. He doesn't need any help. Please, so. it'll, be, it'll not only make this show better, <laughs> it'll make the rest of the shows of the week better, make Sunday better. Let's do it. All right, so let's get into the draft. And yes, it is Greg Rosenthal with the first overall pick. We only have uh, 10 games on the slate here with all the buys. So go get it, Greggy. Okay. Some are going to be surprised by this pick, but I don't care. Vikings-Lions is the game I want to oh, watch this week. Oh, the team of ATL. <laughs> We're getting behind the team of ATL. It's a very special honor to watch them, and I know it's not going to be there at pick uh, six, and I'm invested. Very special honor. <laughs> Ow! Is it, cra- is it mad um, to you guys that the people in the desert have – the Detroit Lions is the favorite in this game. I, I guess it's just recency bias, maybe. The fact that people are recency, buying Dan Campbell. Recency the bias, buy- the Vikings know, are 10 and 2. I think people are thinking, well, the Vikings had all those one-score games last year and lost them. This year, they're 9 and 0 in them. I don't think there's a, a trust in the Vikings yet, but are people trusting the Lions? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a little surprised. Watch, I think they the answer fun. is yes. It, you know what? It started as the Vikings being about a one-point favorite, right. Dan, mm-hmm. uh, right after the Sunday games. And so many fans and presumably betters have gone for the Lions that it's flipped around. And people think like, oh, it's recency bias, this or that. No, they're about the numbers. And the numbers, if you get the sharps down are, to them, the sharps about, are, yeah. but also the people setting the lines – like expected points added mm. on offense, defense, yards per play, offense, defense. If you look at the Lions since they're by, there's no question that they're performing at a higher level than the Vikings, that they have a top 10 defense since they're by in terms of DVOA. That seems a little bit much, but a top six or seven offense since they're by. That doesn't seem like a, a bit much. That seems very repeatable, and I like the matchup of that offense versus Minnesota this week. It's incredible, isn't it? The Detroit Lions have scored 30 points or more in half their games. You know, I'm still having nightmares about watching the Lions on Thanksgiving last year when <laughs> Jar- Jared Goff threw like 35 swing passes yeah. out of the backfield. 
they've transformed themselves. They are fun. I mean, never thought they that. blew out the Giants and they blew out the Jaguars. Show me the Vikings blowouts that they've had. <laughs> they it doesn't happen. They haven't had one. They've been involved with one. and It was when the Eagles blew them out. But yeah, th- I thought watching Detroit specifically in week 13, how how sustainable it felt. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this is no smoke and mirrors with DeAndre Sw- Swift healthy with Amon Ross St. Brown as a true number one wide receiver with this offensive line's ability to protect Goff and let him be the best version of himself. It's all real. So I think they're going to continue to score points here. And I want to hear from Dan Campbell because we love to hear from Dan Campbell. They played the Vikings once back in week three. It was one of those narrow losses uh, for the Lions and narrow wins for the Vikings. And, it, and uh, y- if you hear this, you will know that Campbell is pushing those motivational mm. buttons behind the scenes this week. I mean, yeah, look, it, it burns me. You know, of course it burns me. I mean, that'll be there until the day I die. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to go away. <laughs> week three loss. You know, um, it does. <laughs> But but I also know I can't waller in that and uh, let that pull me down. I mean, it is what it is, and it happened for a reason. And honestly, I think the us losing, uh, you know, five in a row is is why we're where we're at right now. So that's kind of how I look at it. Maybe we needed this to happen to get to where we're at right now at this point. And if you don't recall, that was a game the Lions were ahead 24-14 entering the fourth quarter, and K.J. Osborne had a game-winning 28-yard touchdown in the final minute, a rip-your-heart-out mm. loss. So you know the Lions want to make things right after something like that. Yeah, they, they, they certainly do. They play really hard for Dan Campbell. We all know that, right? But I think why this game's so fascinating is because of the world the Vikings live in. This will probably go down to the wire as well. Every one of their games uh, has just been incredible. They, they start fast. They forget themselves. They make a play at the end, whether it be one on offense like a KJ Osborne or a Cam Bynum interception, um, there's always something that the Vikings seem to find. And even with Kirk Cousins not having the best of seasons, you know, he's kind of has moments. I suppose this game's these games are about moments, but um, yeah, it's he, incredible. That his, done this. his year is weird. A lot of numbers aren't as good. And yet the team obviously is doing well. And when you watch... If you're watching the team, like how they're winning these games, he's stepping up and making big plays in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But it's those kind of in-between type plays that he struggled with. And we saw it again against the Jets last week, Greg, where he missed so many throws, left a lot of yards on the field, and yet their success in the red zone allowed them to escape with that win. Right. I, I don't see a team getting better. I think a secondary in Minnesota is vulnerable. We'll see if Cam Dantzler returns this week, but they had a player, uh, a Kaylee Evans, I might be messing up the first name there. Duke Shelley, Pat Peterson. You can pick on this secondary. Mm-hmm. And Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator in Detroit, comes up with a great weekly game plan. And I think they're going to go pass heavy just like the Jets do because they see holes in that zone coverage. And I think Jared Goff is, is going to be able to exploit those holes. And, yeah, in theory, it's a big game for the Vikings. Like, they're playing for one seed, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. It's the biggest game the Detroit Lions it's have had season. in five yeah. years. Yeah. Since the Jim Caldwell year where they were above mm-hmm. 500 and they were yep. competing for a playoff spot. So you can't forget that. But since then, they haven't competed for anything. They win this game and then they have a game next week against the Jets and it's on. Like you are in the playoff race if you win this game. That's why Let's it's fascinating, go. isn't it? It's, it's the, and I, I love to look at the stories as they unfold and how we maybe thought of teams and players in the summer. And it's completely different, but... We wouldn't have thought Jamal Williams would be scoring 14 rushing touchdowns. We wouldn't have thought Detroit would put up this many points. Uh, We maybe thought the Vikings would be in the close games. They got on the wrong end of all of those last year. So it's just fascinating that the Lions have become 
who they are, and, this, and they are in the race. They're genuinely in the race. And, but they, they have to yeah. win this they game, to, yeah. or they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, the regression monster. Oh has- yes, yes, yes. <laughs> This doesn't get any better than this. My God. You're right, Dan. Uh, the regression monster, is it going to come for the Vikings at any point? They uh, they rank outside the top ten in scoring offense, scoring defense, total offense, and total defense. Every every, And then you pop the hood for the, the analytics, and it's more of the same. If this game is a blowout on Sunday, it won't be because the Vikings blow out a team. No. No, I think it's... Uh, let's go, team of ATL. I think let's it's... Uh, I think it's... Some, again, it goes back to what I said. I think... Lots of players tell me, lots of coaches tell me, games are decided, and it's a bit of a cliche, but games are decided in five, six moments in a game. The Vikings are just winning all those moments. Mm-hmm. And depend, it doesn't matter which it side of the ball now. it is. That week three game ruined everything I for the Lions. And they, they flipped yeah. bodies, and now they're going to flip them back. Dan Kibble will never get over the week three game in 2022. Neil, you are up in the Mark Sessler slot. Oh, okay. So um, can I give him the Patriots and Cardinals? No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't <laughs> take can't the primetime game. Off, off, off the board, off the board. I'm looking at the Jags and Titans. I'm looking at the Chiefs and Broncos. <laughs> no, I know Mark likes to, listening to the podcast, Mark, Mark likes an afternoon game, right? He likes a late afternoon mm-hmm. game. Uh, so I'm going to go the Bucks at the 49ers. Okay. And I think this That's is fascinating uh, for a number of reasons. Um, we flashed up a lot of graphics on Sky Sports last week about the uh, Miami Dolphins and the potency of their attack and how they were going to go up against San Francisco's defense. And it didn't matter. They still lost that game. Uh, if you look at the Bucks on defense, on offense, they're one of the worst offenses in the NFL. But... They've got Tom Brady, which always is a factor. You know, Tom Brady was not good on Monday night, and then he came alive against the Saints late. He wasn't good against the Rams. He came alive late and delivered uh, the touchdown win. So you never want to write off Tom Brady and the Bucks, And so that they're, in, they're interesting to me. And I think this game shapes how far can San Francisco go? How do you play around a uh, seventh-round draft pick in Brock Purdy? Because... You have to play around a seventh round draft pick because there's a reason they were taken in the seventh round. You know what's interesting though? It didn't feel like they were playing around him last week. They were very pass heavy. How and, many times did he throw in that game? Thirty-seven times that right. he didn't play the the first series. I think they might be pass heavy again because that's kind of how you approach the Buccaneers. A lot it's, to the running backs, wasn't it? Though that was fourteen sure. passes to the running backs. Now you got Devin White and that's yeah, that's what Jimmy his... Garoppolo does too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is quick passes. I think. It's going to be tough to run against the Buccaneers. Mm. The 49ers haven't really fixed their running game with Christian McCaffrey. It's been okay, but it hasn't been as good as, for instance, Elijah Mitchell and their running game was consistently a year ago. And the Bucks' defense is good. This is probably going to be a low-scoring game. I think you are going to make Mark happy, though, because if ever there's a, a Brock Purdy guy... It's Mark Sessler. Right. Like, he's going to be all about the Brock Purdy experience. <laughs> and, You're welcome. Mark. And, you know, a, a low-scoring game, maybe less stoppages, was, maybe the clock, the, the time of the I game could be. Of the, yes. I oh, I don't know. This saying. feels like a punch fest to me. That, that part, that <laughs> so, part I'm not so possible sure. Too. Yeah, I think the, the issue, this is how you diagnose this game. Yes, the 49ers are not as good as they were last week because the quarterback's not as good unless we have some type of magical story sure. developing yep. here. Well, let's see. And, and that's why it's good uh, for Purdy and the Niners uh, that they have a runway here before January to see if they can get this thing off the ground. And by the way, there was that report that came out about maybe Jimmy G uh, can return because mm. he avoided that dreaded harlot, Liz Frank. Um, I think it was clarified a bit by Kyle Shanahan after the fact that it'd be a huge surprise. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here or, or 
maybe putting words in his mouth if we see Garoppolo again. So really, this is Purdy's team here. They had mm. a chance to make a claim on Baker. They chose not to. So here we go now. And my question to you guys is we saw what happened with Tampa and I on Monday night and I think we all kind of enjoyed it because it was who knows what happens with Tom Brady going forward. If this team gets its stuff together, does he play next year? Even maybe that was the less special Brady moment that we collectively got to enjoy. So I'm just going to kind of detach a little from the nostalgia of it all. <laughs> How many times have you said that? I, I know, but you know what? He is a little different. He still missed a lot of throws, a lot of deep throws, especially in that game. They scored two touchdowns in their final two possessions. I just don't see where the points are for the Bucks in this game. This feels like a 10-point week for the Bucks. It's, it's just hard work, isn't it? And it's only a little bit of late magic. I mean, that couldn't have been a more depressing watch if you're a Bucks fan for the first 55 minutes of that game against the Saints. And so... When Brady is able to you know, deliver at the end, we forget about it. We just think, oh, what a great moment it was. I don't forget about it. I feel traumatized. That, you know, we're Those there, first we're, 55 minutes. We're yeah. there on Channel 5. Trying to talk about <laughs> don't it. Don't bring up Channel 5. Every Brandy. commercial break. It's like, what How more is there you. to say? Hey, can you start throwing to Mike Evans, please? That was like all, but, we, all we could think of to say. Can you do some hurry up a little bit? Because whenever they go into a hurry up, Tom Brady takes over and it's like he's 25 again because he's calling all the plays. Like, can we do a little more hurry up? I do like what I see out of Rashad White. Like, there should be answers, but I'm, I'm losing hope. I, I'm I, losing hope. I get mystified when Brady makes those bad throws because, you know, I it's always a treat to watch Tom Brady, you know, even now when he's 45 and at the end of his career. You know, I was at that game in Munich in Germany and – you watch him warm up, and he, he still throws such a nice pass. And he had a really good game his against the Seahawks. His arm strength is still great. The it, his accuracy, is, I think, is where you're seeing the age. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Disappointing. There, Can I throw a few names out there for the 49ers fans? Absolutely. Jeff Hostetler, 1990. Yes. Kurt Warner, 1999. I know. Nick Foles, 2017. All they right. can't give up on it yet. Foles is a good one because on this <laughs> so podcast, 90... we had a huge argument whether the Eagles are worth even talking about anymore because they have Nick Foles in terms of could they win a playoff game or two. I remember and, that. And we see. We see I what happened. I remember that. Yes. Strange things happen, but you na you named three instances in yeah. what, 35 <laughs> yeah, years of name, football at this point. You've got to name all the others. <laughs> if there is a Channel 5 Sky Sports mm. alley fight, like Anchorman style, mm. what is your weapon of choice? And it can't just be a gun. Uh, start with you, Greg. Your weapon of choice. I mean, my weapon of choice is Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm just going to put him in front of me <laughs> and um, and see what happens. Neil, you look like a morning star guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually gonna. I'm just gonna throw Rob Ryan at you. If you're I gonna would, go, I would just if you're run. Gonna, if you're I would go run. In, I can outrun them all. If you're gonna go MJD. I'm gonna outrun. You're gonna have a healthy Craig. dose of Rob Ryan. See how Craig. you deal with that. If there's an alley fight, you can't running out, away. Craig. That is an act of a coward. Or, or at least like some Floyd Mayweather stuff, where I just, you know. Ducking duck and, and weaving duck and, and get a hand on me. No, <laughs> not that. Um, all right, let's uh, move to the third. By the way, that game to me has Niners 16, Bucks 10 written all over. Totally mm. agree. That's with where you. I'm going. Totally yeah. agree. Anybody yeah. think the uh, no. Bucks take that? No. I, no I'm, I'm with you down win. to the score total. Mm. All right, great. I feel good about that. All right, third overall pick, the Zusa. Jets at Bills. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, very frustrating uh, from the Jets side, obviously, in Minneapolis, uh, that they failed five out of six times in the red zone. Mm. But you know what, Neil? You know what doesn't suck so much? The Jets were in the red zone six times, yeah. and that was something that would never happen with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I thought despite 
those failures down in you can't ignore them obviously and the, and the quarterback Mike White there's some blame there on him blame on everyone for not being able to finish that game off I saw more more good things uh, than bad things, and I'm very encouraged. I want to point to one play because I don't think we talked about it on Sunday's show. In the game, the Jets were facing uh, fourth and 10 at the Minnesota 47 with 347 to play in the fourth quarter. On third and 10, White dropped back to pass, got crushed, peeled himself off the turf, was not in a good place physically, you could tell. Fourth and 10, he stands strong in the pocket and drills a pass to Corey Davis or 31 yards to keep that drive yeah. around alive. That's why Garrett Wilson after the game says, I would go to war for that boy. And that's why this offense, I think it's it, this is sustainable that they're going to continue now to push defenses and be able to score some points. That said, Buffalo's defense embarrassed Mike White last year in a similar Ooh. circumstance. Four interceptions sent him back to the bench, in fact. And the Bills at home, this is going to be a huge test, Greg, uh, for this Jets offense, not to mention the defense, although I'm more confident in them than the attack. Yeah, we learned this late week that Von Miller will not be returning this season for the Bills defense. We knew he wouldn't play this game, but that is still just... But he said last week he wanted to play this game, right. so that exploratory surgery uh, obviously revealed something much worse, um, and that's going to affect them. It's a huge letdown, and I think they're a playmaking defense still, but they're potentially without Matt Milano this week, who's missing practice. They're potentially without Jordan Poyer, who's been on the side of practice. And those are some of the guys that would make big plays against Mike White. And I think Mike White will give you a chance to make big plays. I'm glad you brought up that throw Mm. because that was an incredible throw. And he's had some incredible throws. And I think the Mike White bill of goods that I've been sold is not the Mike White I've seen on the field the last couple weeks. He is not Mr. Point Guard who's going to take a bunch of uh, safe checkdowns and hit the easy stuff. He's not necessarily like a low-risk, low-reward guy. I see a guy who's six foot five, by the way. Right, that sneaky surprised tall. me too. Yeah, uh, he's got a. He's good... in the sneaky tall Hall of Fame. In fact. <laughs> right, I was stunned when I heard that. Six foot. Uh, he's got a big arm. Um, I don't know if two it's like them. above. Yeah, he's got two of them, but it, he's got. I don't know if it's above average for an NFL starter, but it's good he's enough. He's a gigantic human being. Uh, <laughs> Go and, back to bed, Mark. Get and right. he's aggressive, and I wouldn't say he's shown great touch either. If there's been a, a, a downside, it's like everything's a heater. So to me, he almost seems like. A guy who's making good decisions, I'm not saying that he isn't, but he's a guy who will take some chances, that he's a little more Ryan Fitzpatrick with a bigger arm. That's that's not a good comparison either. I I don't know who the right comparison is, but I think he's going to take chances, give the other team another chance, but he's going to make some big plays because of that. He's not just like a boring backup. I'm kind of shocked Cooper Rush. Yeah. Uh, beat him out in a backup job back in Dallas. Granted, that was four years ago. That throw he made to Corey Davis got us out of our seats in the Sky Sports studios. Mm. We're like, what a throw. And I actually stood up and went, there's Corey Davis. And the week before, I was like, there's Elijah Moore. I mean, it shows how much the offense has woken up with Mike White there, that some of these receivers that weren't even featuring uh, in the attack uh, have now become prominent again. And Robert Salah couldn't ignore everything that had happened with Zach Wilson's play followed by the comments, followed by the entire team getting on the plane, wearing a mic. I mean, 
How awkward a moment was that? The team wearing the Mike White. It's crazy. And it just, T-shirts. it's not even Jets. It's it's football in general because this, this summer started with the Zach Wilson is good T-shirts. I spent money on one. I don't know where it is now. It's a rag <laughs> under my sink. Uh, uh, but the the team is going to follow the quarterback they believe in. That's what we're seeing. And on, yeah. on, the, on the Buffalo side of things here, Remember, these teams faced off last month, mm. and it was it was the biggest game of the Jets' season in the Meadowlands. You felt a home field advantage, and they slowed down their attack. I think finding a way to um, neutralize Stefan Diggs changes a lot, and the Jets have the weapons to do that with mm. Sauce Gardner, of course, and DJ Reed, who, mm. uh, you know, we just saw them do it to Justin Jefferson. And I think if you could do that, you put more pressure on Allen to find ways, and then he starts playing that hero ball. And, oh, by the way, that elbow injury that affects him, the Jets did that to him. That's what that was at the end of that game. Yeah, he's had he had five sacks in this game. It was the only game where he didn't throw a touchdown pass. I think since that elbow injury, of course, he's not been quite the same. The turnovers have been there. He still can't be curtailed. He's going to throw himself in there and try and punch out uh, footballs after interceptions and fumble recoveries. But I, I like that Jets defense as well. Um, Dan, I'd just let you know as a Jets fan. Mm. So I do an interview with the Jets. Jets are one of the teams that market themselves in the UK now. Humble yes. brag. So um, aggressively. I wait for this bit. Um so I <laughs> I I do I do a series of interviews for the New York Jets. Um I have a contract, so really if they win the Super oh, Bowl, I get a ring, I would imagine. No, you do Why not. Why not? It's a team employee. There's I mean, money, how much money has a... changed hands. Yeah, but you're like a is that a full? I think full-time jobs get it. I mean, well, how many see. minutes let's a week are you working? Jo- let's see how, how many jo- minutes per week are you working for the Jets? Eleven or twelve? I mean, I don't <laughs> think you get a <laughs> ring. JD got a ring with the Rams. But that's—he's the radio broadcaster. That's a whole game, pregame, right, postgame. Look, Greg, what about Greg, the, the? It's not up to you. It's yeah. up to Woody Johnson. Well, Sorry, the Mr. pre-interview Johnson. and the post-interview, all the work that Neil does. Hours oh, no. and no, hours. No, I meant eleven and twelve minutes <laughs> included. That. Um, uh, that's Dan, crazy. Just what I was going to say. My point I was going to make is. It's a great locker room. You know, yeah. you speak to DJ Reed, you speak to Solomon Thomas, you speak to Garrett Wilson. Um, it's a really good locker room. I know lots of players come on and they do good interviews and stuff, but because I see them one after the other, I have a really good feel about where they're going under Robert Sala. Hmm. It's crazy to me the Bills are favored by nine in this game. I think it's a very tough matchup for the Bills, as we already saw, and it's because they're aligned. The things we were concerned about coming into the year with the Bills, do they have enough secondary depth? That could be exposed here. How's their offensive line going to be? I think it's gotten worse throughout the season. Mm. I think Josh Allen had to bail them out a little bit in Foxborough with some just great plays, but they're not protecting them well. I don't think the Jets' offensive line is very good either. And so I, it could be just which defensive line wrecks the most amount of heat and the, shop here, but nine points is way too much for me. And the Jets uh, lost their offensive lineman, Max Mitchell, under somewhat mysterious uh, circumstances. He's out for the year, was moved to the non-football injury list. George Fant is back. He's going to be at right tackle. I find this One of the things about this Jets season, they zig when I expect them to zag and vice right. versa. So every time I think they're going to win, mm. they lose. And every time I think they're going to lose, they're going to win. They they win. I think they'll lose this game. I think the Bills are a better team at home. And yet, I think the Bills win this go game. Figure. I'm just going to say, though, if you've cost me my Super Bowl ring, me and you are going back down that alley. It's not, it's not, a, it's not up to me. Woody, there. if you're listening, Je- uh, Dan, Mr. Johnson. Dan deserves it more if it's going to be one. I don't think the Jets like me so much. Uh, I don't think I'll be getting a ring. Uh, let's take a break and we will continue the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back. It's uh, the draft week 14 and snakes to the old Zeuser. And it's time for the Sunday drive presented by Toyota. And we will drive Greggy to Cincinnati. Does that get you a little bit? Does that zing you a little bit? I'd love to go see the Wesleyans. Hang out with them. I'm talking about for draft purposes that you might want that because I I, I was into it. Yeah, I would have. The Cleveland Browns and their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, uh, they're the second game for Watson now. I don't know how long it's going to take for Watson to knock the rust off. It might. <laughs> hell, you know, wouldn't it be terrible if it never happened? Mm. What a shame that would be. But Deshaun Watson now travels after getting a layup in the Texans uh, in his old home at NRG Stadium. He has to go to Cincinnati to play a Bengals team that is absolutely locked in right now. And I. Uh, as I've said on this podcast, my I have always liked Joe Burrow, but mm-hmm. this season, my my um, I'm just even more impressed with the way he plays the game, the way he carries himself, the way he dresses. I think I <laughs> I think in another world, like if I could be somebody like be Joe him. Burrow, might be the guy He'd I would want to be a guy that so talented, good looking dude, charismatic, guy's swaggy too, Greggy. Something that I will never be. So here we are now um, with the Bengals ready to stack another win and take it to a division rival. Yeah, and they look complete, don't they, now? I think the Bengals have been really good on defense uh, the last couple of weeks. They've shown the different ways of winning. You know, Smart GP, Ryan, going over 100 yards. You had, uh, of course, shutting down Derek Henry. That's not always how we associate the Bengals with playing. Um, so we know about Joe Burrow, who's he's just that... To me, he's like the... 
You know the old sort of we described the quarterbacks in the eighties, like the gunslingers, like oh John Elway throw five interceptions and he doesn't care, he'll keep coming, or right. Brett Brett Favre in the nineties. Joe Burrow can take five sacks, throw two interceptions, and then throw a game winner down the stretch. So I really like the Bengals. Um, you know, I think they are a, a very well rounded team. I didn't I, I think we pay so much attention to their offense. I didn't expect them to be as good as they've been on defense in recent weeks. Yeah, and even in the first month of the season, they've had ups and downs, and they're not great at cornerback, mm. and they're not great when they play the Browns. But otherwise, other than that Monday night game against the Browns, the Bengals are the best team in the NFL over the last two months. I right. think just because of the teams that they've played and the offense staying at that high a level, like they'd be right there with the Eagles and the Chiefs. But I think you got to give the, the Bengals even a, a little bit of an edge. And yet, after these last two games, you could argue that this is just as big a test of their toughness. They have lost five straight to the Kevin Stefanski Browns. Mm. They lost just back in week eight when the when this little run for the Bengals had already started 32 to 13. You might think, okay, well, what about last year when the Bengals were actually good? They lost 41 to 16 against Baker Mayfield. Like there is something here that they don't match up well. Like it's a meaningful It's too much thing. orange. But I believed in Joe Burrow <laughs> when he said a couple weeks ago, I love, and I'm with you on what you're saying about Joe Burrow in terms of like you would want him Me leading not being swaggy. your team. No, I, do, I wanted to push back on that, but yeah. try not to interrupt as much. You know that. <laughs> well, if it's something that's Dan a compliment, wanted us, please. Dan wanted us to push back on a tumbleweed blew across like, the net. I just, yeah, I just like waited. <laughs> it was an eerie, an eerie wind. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> swaggy silent. in your way. I think we all are, you know. Okay. Speak for yourself. Okay. And Neil is the least swaggy of the three of us. Oh, so wow. That, that we yeah. welcomed him to our shores. He's a great I'm, host, but. No, you got that, that British like stiff upper lip. You carry yeah. yourself with class. Yeah. Uh, not not a swaggering, uh, charismatic uh, man. No. <laughs> now he's got through charismatic. Charismatic as well. That was, <laughs> now that's a shot. Wow. Well, you said it. I up. didn't mean that. I meant more just saying, like, like, you know. Dress, Brilliant. I don't know, hey, cockiness. I, We're I, obnoxious Americans here. Right. Wait, I wanted to get to my point. Yes, please here. do. I never did. Oh. It's Ooh, about this Browns good team. to hurt your friends. It's, it's about this Browns <laughs> team. Yes. And this Bengals team. And or is it about the Browns team or the it, Bengals team? It's actually about the Bengals team, but the transition is <laughs> a really good point. Better when he gets to it. Great teams do win the type of games that they won against Tennessee the other week where they kind of out-physicaled them mm-hmm. uh, on the road and, and came back in a big spot. Great teams win the type of game they had last week against uh, the Chiefs where they make that comeback at home uh, against Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And great teams end this stupid Brown season, put them out of their misery, mm. and get off the schneid against Kevin Stefanski. And that's why I'm locking up the Bengals this week. Uh. He's locking with his heart. Okay. I am. I don't usually put this much emotion on yeah. it because no result all season would bother me more than the Browns winning this game. But Deshaun Watson looked terrible last week. Let's put this miserable season of the Browns out of its misery. All right. Is that I'm charisma? Uh, is that what I'm, no. that I'm lacking? That's passion. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got some of that. Uh, yeah. I quite like the NFL. Yes, Justin. While we're on the subject of people locking up the Bengals. Ooh. Hey, heroes. Before I get to the lock of the week, I have a question for y'all. Where do you nerds come up with these nicknames? Lock Zaddy, Lock Father, Lock Daddies. Get the heck out of here. The only family that matters when it comes to the locks is the Westling Brothers. And we've won three in a row and we're ready to make another playoff run just like we did last year. What? 
talking about. We're staying home this week. The Bengals and the Browns. Now, everyone says the Browns own the Bengals, but I'm not feeling that. Deshaun Watson, not only is he a terrible human being, but now he's a terrible quarterback, too. Joey Burrow continues his MVP run. Lock it up. Oh, I love it. You know what? That is the great Nick Wessling. I love that man. Um, And we were texting this week, in fact, and we were talking a little Burrow and... I said, like, Cincinnati must be in love with this this man, this yeah. athlete. And uh, and I said, uh, I wrote, he's like, you know, this guy, he's carries himself with confidence and, and someone you could kind of get behind. And he's got this game like Montana. Uh, they must be just obsessed with him. And, mm. and he wrote back, they are, but not like past great athletes, athletes. People are super chill about it, almost like they have taken on his personality a little. Oh, wow. I like that even that's more. Good. He's inf- infecting uh, a whole city. And that's a Fantastic. great sports town and, and region. They, I think they understand what they have here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I think this is going to be a romp. I don't buy into any type of Stefanski. I'm a little worried. Uh, I like the Bengals in this one big time. I do yeah. too, but I'm a little worried. Mm-hmm. I liked also that Tony Grossi asked Kevin Stefanski – considering what a big game this is for the Browns. We should mention they're five and seven. We've mm-hmm. mentioned all these other five yeah, yeah. and seven teams. Their schedule has some winnable games moving forward. They, their numbers have indicated they're better than the record all year. So this is a big game if you're a Browns fan. And he said, are you, you know, trying to do everything you can to win this game? Would that include benching Deshaun Watson during the game if he struggles? <laughs> <through> it already. <laughs> and I was like, uh, everyone is killing Tony Grossi in Cleveland for asking this question, but I love they you, Tony Grossi, at least for, a football, for asking it. At least it's a football question because we're not allowed to ask any other questions, are uh, we? Yeah, exactly. All right, that was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. The draft now uh, rolls over to Neil Reynolds in the Mark Sessler spot. Fantastic. Let me just say as well, uh, seeing Nick do the thing there, um, what an honor it is to be in the Chris Westlin podcast studio. Mm. It's my first time in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 really cool. Um, I'm cool. going to pick for Mark. Uh, I'm going to give Mark the gift of watching what I think is the best team in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to give the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Oh, he loves the Giants, too. I kind of hate that you okay. drafted, I think, exactly how Mark would have. You might have flipped those two picks, but you ended up the same. Me and Mark, we've got some kindred spirit stuff going on there. So I think the Eagles... going to go over his place with some chicken soup? Uh, not chicken, some, like a, some type of tofu soup. Some sort of, yeah. <laughs> take him some noodles. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, how are you doing, by the way? Let's check back in Is with a, Mark Sessler. Mark. I am having the time of my life. I think he might be. He doesn't need me then. He's what absolutely a Ferris Bueller he's situation he's unfolding. He's under a blanket watching every Christmas movie he can think of. What I have going for me is my raging apathy on this front. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so there you go. Hey, this is a big game, Neil, for the, yeah. for, uh, the Giants especially because, you know, they haven't won. They have one win in six weeks now, and you got Washington up next. Yeah, uh, I know it's a tall task to beat the Eagles, but at least like feel good about yourself in this game. Don't get your doors blown off in your building. Yeah, and I think the Giants have have found their level. I think when you look at how they started, there were a lot of one score games, and they can go either way. But I think they've been fortunate in some of those games as well. So I think. I think this is an Eagles win quite comfortably for me. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. I know Mark spoke about this on the uh, your Sunday show last week. When you can run for 363 against Green Bay, then run for 67 the following week and your quarterback throws for close to 400 and he's pulled out of the game. Right. It's, okay, which way do you want to try and stop us? Uh, we'll beat you the other way. They are the most balanced team. Uh, 
Bill Parcells would love this team because it's all about the trenches and building in the trenches and they, they can dominate both lines. They get a lot of sacks. They had touchdown runs against Green Bay where the runners weren't touched until they got into the end zone five or six yards downfield. They just maul people. So to me, I was I was one of those that the, early in the season, I was like, oh, are the Eagles for real? You know, it's they haven't been where they are Um you know, in terms of earning that respect from the public. And I think now they are absolutely for real. And I think there's a there's a separation. I'm certainly. with you on that. I had there was some doubt for me initially, on, and right? I don't feel that way now. No, you just were pushing back because I had them as my Super Bowl champion. That's why. You're like, I can't. Yeah, natural like, resistance. I can't What's going on with Greg? I need to. That was to what it was, right. Dan. It was you were thinking about Greg when you yeah. were that's thinking like about the That's how always. everyone thinks, <laughs> yes. right? That's how I imagine it all the time about me. <laughs> There's that swagginess. Uh, Jalen Hurts is really improved as <laughs> it's a about me passer from the pocket. <laughs> He's like accurate at yeah. every level. He's not similar to some of these other running quarterbacks in that I don't think he's better throwing on the move. I think he's actually better throwing from the pocket and he's an incredible runner. Mm. And that's not really what their offense is about is marrying those two. And that's fine. Everyone's got different strengths, but he has been really accurate in the intermediate level. He, Mm. they always said he threw a beautiful deep ball and he didn't quite hit on it last year, but he is hitting on it this year in the matchup this week against these cornerbacks for New York. I think of all of their issues this year, I think their cornerbacks and their secondary and the injuries losing to Torrey Jackson from a group that already was uh, not very talented is the thing that hurt them the most. And I think the Eagles are set up in a way, and you saw it against Tennessee, they can take advantage of whatever mismatch you give them, whether it's in the middle level, whether it's in the running game, or whether Mm. it's on the outside. And this week, it seems like it's going to be on the outside, and you would expect them to crush them. The offensive line for the Giants is not playing well Uh, right now. Can I say a couple couple things from that game? Shook had um, something he said on Sunday that then I watched the game myself, and I was like, I agree. It felt like the Giants offensively, took some strides and had a little bit of more dynamic nature to them against Washington. I also thought something that we had been tracking, Saquon Barkley, did he look a step slow the previous mm-hmm. couple weeks? Yes, I thought he looked good uh, last week. I thought he kind of exploded through the hole a couple times, and I said, okay, I think he's going to be okay. Um, this this particular rivalry is interesting. So Jalen Hurts, 16-2 and two now in his last 18 starts <laughs> in the regular season. One of those losses, and this kind of just tells you how much things have changed uh, for this quarterback and this team. The last time um, they've lost two straight road games to the Giants, back in week 12 last season, uh, Hurts threw for 129 yards and three interceptions. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And He's- it's just like, I'm not saying that means a different regime for the Giants, the whole thing, that's, that's something to keep an eye on. Mm. But I mean it more as like, can we... It's hard to believe how much Jalen Hurts has progressed and become, to me, the MVP of the league and, so far. And I, I love the way he carries himself. He talked to, in the Packers game, they talked about how he was telling the reporters leading up to it. He, he's the temperature of the team. And he didn't mean it in a in a conceited, arrogant way. He was just... He's got to right. be that way. Yes, you've, got be you've got to be that. And his growth has been incredible. But every time he goes to the press conference podium, you come away impressed by what he said. I mean, obviously, the son of a coach, you know, has been around the game, kind of does it all the right way. And it's, I think it's really good this season because his game stepped up so much. And he has become, like you're saying, Dan, absolutely a justified MVP contender. We get to see a bit more and know a bit more about him as a leader. 
And I think he, I think he is. Fantastic. He's a real deal, very like smart franchise yeah. leader, like Burrow, and they're from the same draft class. It's really crazy to think how that wow. draft class, yeah. how good it looks with Herbert mm. and Tua mm. in the mix now, uh, as well. I, I love the Eagles that they never have to play their defensive players. By the way, it's such a luxury. Brandon Graham played 18 snaps last week. Josh Sweat, who's having a great season, right. like a an edge rusher who makes $15 million a year, played 27 snaps. Mm. They just like rotate him in and out. They're yeah. barely on the field because the offense is oh, dominated. Which is what they did when they won the Super Bowl, right? right? They, they, they used to be able to rotate seven or eight guys. Bill Belichick that talked about that. That will pay off come January yeah. for them. Of course, the f- way football is, one bad step or a guy falling into you and all that gets thrown out the window. Right. But having these guys juiced up for... You know, naturally juiced up. But I quite for like Sunday, them. Uh, you, for January. Sorry, Dan. Yep. When you worry about injuries as well, I thought going back to the Packers game, there were so many Jalen Hurts runs where it opened up so much, and then he just went twenty yards downfield and then stepped out of bounds. We right. weren't He's seeing any. Himself. We yep. weren't seeing any. You know, Josh Allen hurdling or Joe Burrow spinning and falling on his back, and you know, it was. That was good. It was good to see that he will take a sensible approach because he's everything to them. All right, Greggy, you are up, my Uh, friend. All right, let's go Seahawks. Panthers Mm -hmm. in the late window, only three games. I usually try to mix it up, but I've basically become a Seahawks and Lions house every Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what I'm watching. And uh, it's always fun. You're as varied as the NFL's primetime schedule. (laughs) (laughs) I'm worried about this game as the, the world's newest Seahawks fan. I don't see these two teams as very different. They're they're very different in the way that they play, mm. but just overall quality. So I went and I checked out like the DVOA over the last three or four weeks, and they had the Panthers and the Seahawks about 19th and 20th each, and that checked out to me because mm. the Seahawks have a great passing game and not a lot else that's consistent week to week. And you look at the Panthers, since they got Jeremy Chin and J.C. Horn back, that's two real deal guys in their secondary. They have a good pass rush. Steve Wilkes has them playing with energy. They kind of remind me of the Lions in that at some point in the season, the defense started playing with real energy and even the numbers back it up that they're a top 10 defense. Mm. So I think they can match up pretty well and make this a slog and make this uh, a nervous game for the Seahawks who really have to win the games they're supposed to win if they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, Sorry, I know you guys have talked about uh, Geno Smith, right? And it's all on Geno really at the moment. Which is no, weird we actually because... haven't talked about Geno Smith this no. season, <laughs> and um, I'd like to hear more. No, well, let's talk. I was going to say about Kenneth Walker in the game in Munich just disappeared, and it's actually I thought, oh, that can happen. It can be a, like a one-game thing where you, you know, you build them up and you're doing your your pre-game show, and there's an hour of chatting, and you're going through everything. So you build up Kenneth Walker, and then you barely remember right. him even taking a snap and and running the football. But uh, that's been a thing, hasn't it? Which is a worry. It, it is, but, you know, it's like they still find a way, and they put up mm. points, and they got it done last week against the Rams, even if it wasn't pretty. And, uh, Greggy, I'm going to give you your tulips on this one, um, which is different than the other one, so I don't have to put money in the I've in stopped the saying it. I've showed incredible discipline. Uh, do you know a certain <laughs> rock star, speaking of uh, swaggy and charisma, a certain rock star offensive coordinator uh, for the Carolina Panthers? Ben McAdoo. And do you remember uh, what, uh, in part, got Ben McAdoo poop-canned 
right out of the Meadowlands a few years back. I mean, you should give him the Presidential Medal of Courage or Freedom. Just, just what is it, Greg? For give us the... choosing Geno Smith over Eli Manning and then getting fired the next week because of it. <laughs> so it wow. wasn't the oversized suit at the so, press conference at the start. So now Ben McAdoo <laughs> was asked about Geno Smith, and this is what he had to say, the OC of the Panthers. I have a lot of respect for Geno. Uh, the way he carried himself in New York, the way he handled his business, he's a pro. Um, so it's it's outstanding to, to see him having the success that he's having um, in, in the year that he's having. And, and I'm a big fan of Geno. I don't know about on on Sunday, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a Geno guy. Um, which is... Uh, he said yeah. he was a leader, too, at one point. You see that little that smile on his face there, too, because this has been a good thing for Ben McAdoo. And uh, Greggy, you know, Greg... I always treat you with respect. As a man, you know we go back many years. And you know that I, I have respect for your Seattle Seahawks fandom this season and what you were able to achieve here with Geno Smith. My lock father. I'm going to lock up the Seattle Seahawks this week. And I ask you as a showing of respect to take this and join me in this lock. Oh. As a showing of the two families coming together to promote peace and prosperity. And that all our future children are masculine children. <laughs> What's that last bit? <laughs> we'll like had to find masculine for me. I just hope that all of your children are masculine children. I'm, you're putting me in a very uncomfortable position here, my friend. Let the two families come together and let there be peace and prosperity. I feel like you... You locking up the Seahawks. <laughs> what the, Steven Seagal? I wonder when he was going to get into the accent. I didn't know he, okay, go ahead. That's, that's the greatest gift you could ever give to I me. I show my respect to you. That alone is uh, like opening up the beautiful present on Daddy Christmas this Saturday at the Rosenthal House. Daddy That's Christmas. Uh, I don't even need to lock up the Seahawks. This alone is a good Why are you showing me such disrespect gift? by not <laughs> wow. joining me in the lock? I, can't, I mean, I making come to me you. do this accent is uh, not a good present. I don't want to <laughs> change my lock. Whatever. I am locking up the uh, Seahawks. I feel good Thank about you. this game. I, 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 I like Carolina's uh, defense, and Steve Wilkes certainly has done a really good job, but I don't know if it's going to travel to Seattle okay. and, and stop okay. them from scoring four touchdowns. Yes, Justin. The lock fathers may not be aligned this week, but you have a lock zaddy because Mark Sessler, absent oh. from the pod, Whoa. is locking up the Seahawks. I always return. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, this wow. was a very, it, very interesting, interesting moment here that Dan asked me to join him, and it ends up being Mark from his deathbed. You betrayed deathbed. my confidence in you, and now I must go to the other. This could, be a, this could be a turning point. I'm in just enjoying, I'm just enjoying the, the show in the flesh. Normally, I'm you know, on a treadmill <laughs> listening to it, walking you're, the you're, dog. You're an active part. There's a lot of things going on here before we say goodbye yes. to Neil. I do yes. want to bring up a very embarrassing moment uh, about 20 minutes ago. He doesn't know this happened, where I drank from his water cup. Oh, so no. we were sharing diseases. <laughs> we're sharing, sharing water. sharing fluids on that side of the well, I knew there was some for, funny business going on. 
Uh, did I drink out of no, it No, mine was you? out, and it got confusing, and now I'm not worried uh, about, I have I'm major not... regrets. Oh, you're, yeah, well, that's a regret for you. I'm just making sure yeah. I'm okay. So I didn't fine. drink out of it, did I? Um, how, do you, how are you feeling about it? I already feel the disease just being Fantastic. that Channel 5 feels Sky the Sports heat. Neil Reynolds, <laughs> out of you. follow him on Twitter, <laughs> at Neil Reynolds NFL. Is that correct? Yeah, thanks. Do you yeah. not follow me? Off the top of my head. I probably do. And if I don't, I will wow. rectify it. But I almost wow. certainly do. Uh, and also Sky Sport. Everyone, we have so many overseas listeners. You know Neil. He's basically the Eisen out there. Wow. So. Thank you, Neil, for On those us. words, yeah. I'll take that. And, Thanks, uh, Neil. That and, and I think Thank Mark Sessler will be happy with the, the selections yeah, I hope that I've you've done made. Him. I hope he's okay with it. And if he if he's mad about them, that's even better. I'll be 6,000 miles away. By All then. right. <laughs> we'll take a break and then finish out the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back, Neil Reynolds. We saw him off. Uh, Greg, as we went to break, total panic over taking a sip of another man's water. Uh, you know, I know it's been a lot that's happened in in the world in the last few years, Greg, but I'm starting to get a little bit worried that you're becoming one of those, like, germaphobes. I'm not guys. a germaphobe, and Neil said he was it's like, as where's well. Greg been? Oh, he hasn't left his house in six no, years. Not at all, but you also, you don't want to drink another man's water. You never drink another's, <laughs> you don't mow another man's lawn, and you don't drink his water. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, stay with us, Greg. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Greg in a bubble would be kind of funny if you I'm lived so, in one of those. I'm so not a germaphobe. 
I'm right. not a germaphobe. I am taking. I'm just moving on in the draft. I'm just gonna take. Oh my wait, pick. we have the foot. Wait, put, put that footage up. We have footage of the moment Greg takes the sip. Oh, this is good. This is why you gotta watch the TV show on NFL Network and YouTube and watch as he takes the gulp of the water. He's enjoying it. He's washing it down. See, I don't and think I realized. He it realizes yet. it. No, oh, oh. Now here's where I realize. Yeah, look at my. And face. I was like, oh, oh, the germs are invading my soul and my body. You could see it. He's disgusted. He's not even hearing at that point. I'm glad uh, there's no close-up. I wish we you know, we got to get the slow motion. Can we get a, a zoom I in mean, slow motion before the end of the show? All right. Let's get back to it. Yeah. Did you have something else? There? No. <laughs> Snakes to you. We got four more games. Ravens. Steelers. Used to be the best rivalry in the league. Now it's not. But a little bit of juice here with Tyler Huntley. Uh, Steelers, 5-7. and seven. There's a lot of 5-7 and seven teams around the NFL this week that I think have been better than the records. We've talked about that. The Steelers are one of them. They've statistically played like a top 10-ish offense, which is crazy, or top 10-ish defense, I was going to say, what am I missing? No, no, no. A top 10 team overall right. since their bye. Gotcha. They had that nice game against Cincinnati, which I was impressed by their offense overall. Their defense has been rock solid. They did move the ball well against Atlanta, even if they scored. I think they showed something to themselves and to their coach over the last month that they can run the ball when they want to, and that's who they want to be. The run blocking has gotten better. Najee Harris is definitely running the ball better, but you're coming up against a Ravens team who I think specializes in run defense. I do believe in this Ravens defense a lot. I know they blew those late leads only once really since I think they changed their identity and have improved. And so I don't think this is a gimme win for either team. I picked the Steelers online. Who would you pick in this game if you were forced to pick games every week? Yeah, I would pick the Steelers as well for the reasons you've mentioned. Um, Their defense is uh, really come along here. I think Pickett has not been someone that's blowing the doors off the league like a Justin Herbert a couple of years ago or name the rookie that makes an immediate impact. But I think he's leading the team and close to more, maybe not at the level when Mac Jones was playing really well last year, but kind of in that in that club where it's like he's not holding the team back and he's making some plays. Uh, and Baltimore, I'm just not high on the Ravens right now at all. Even when Lamar was there, um, I, my faith had been shaken by too many failed performances, uh, too many second half collapses. And while I like and respect Huntley as as a backup, I don't. Ju- I see them struggling to score points here. I think it's another team like we talked about with the Bucks going to San Francisco. This feels like a ten point week, thirteen point week for the Ravens, and I think the Steelers find a way. And we have another to me like seventeen, thirteen, seventeen, ten, twenty, fourteen type game. I I agree that it'll be close. It'll be low scoring. I believe Huntley played against the Steelers. Uh, a year ago in week 17. It was a crazy game and that they ended up losing 16 to 13. He's always trying to lead these late comebacks. 16 to 13. Right. That's what this feels like. <laughs> He's not Lamar, obviously. He is very good at running for first downs. He had five running first downs last week. I thought he played as well as you could humanly play in a game where you only scored 10 points and had an interception <laughs> last week. He, he doesn't throw the ball deep, though, like Lamar, deep on the outside. That's he, how you're cutting the butter there, huh? Yeah, he, yeah. He, is a, he is more of kind of what we thought Mike White would be as a passer. He is that little, a lot of short stuff and point guard distributor, but I, that might be all they need. Ronnie Stanley looks like he's going to be back. That's really important for their offensive line, who also lost Patrick uh, McCarry 
the other tackle. So it's like they're they lost both their tackles last week. Now you get one of them back. They have a chance to win this game. I think these two teams are close. If they don't, it gives the the Bengals a real chance to go take charge of this division. And that one seed, the one seed is anyone that has eight wins has a chance for the one seed. Yeah. The Dolphins have a chance for the one seed. The Bengals have a chance. The Ravens have a chance. Like, I don't think the Chiefs are going to slip up too much, so it's not that much of a chance. Uh, but this is a huge game for Baltimore. I, I was with you. You were talking about the Browns earlier and, you know, put their season to bed if Cincinnati can, can take care of them this week. There was a scenario briefly I was thinking about when – Cleveland with Watson took care of Houston, and then it looked like the Ravens were going to get it, get beat uh, by Denver after Lamar went out. And then you were looking at that division, and you're like, "Oh man, this is this could get interesting. Could Cleveland catch Baltimore? I think they, I think Baltimore could fade in the standings. I think it's a very, very uh, strong chance here that Cincinnati ends up running away from this with this division, and. Pittsburgh again, they're they're just improving. They're three and one since their bye, and. I know this matters to to Mike Tomlin. It matters to Steelers fans, I imagine. This streak of never having a losing season. They have the fifth easiest strength of schedule remaining among AFC teams. And, and I that, think and the hardest matchup is this one, yeah, which doesn't and I have think Lamar. I like them in this game. So I, I think the Steelers, I don't think they're going to make a push for the playoffs, but I thought this season for the Steelers was heading towards like just a real one of those ugly, grim 4-13 and 13 type seasons. Uh, if you would have talked to me about them six weeks ago, and they've really figured things out, and I think they're going to continue to show us that. It's a Stars and Scrubs defense, but they have their stars playing well. Cameron Hayward's playing well. Alex Highsmith, I think, is now a star. Or at least he's a guy that you're going to give a long-term contract to. Ten sacks, playing really well. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. So that's like four really good defensive players. I don't know about the rest of the guys, but they're good enough. All right, let's move now to uh, the final Mark Sessler pick. Mark, of course, under the weather, uh, but we have heard from him a couple times today, so that's always nice. Uh, Neil Reynolds has checked out, so let's have the Gravedigger make a selection for Mark. Well, I think Mark has always talked about how he loves watching Patrick Mahomes play, and as much as he's also on the Titans bandwagon. Well, you better not be a Romo game because he he literally he will knife you if Romo you give him a Romo game. Romo game is actually your Jets this week. Really? Yeah. Can you believe that? Is that right? Did you know that? I didn't right. know that. Yep. No. Would that have affected your draft choice? I was pretty set on the Lions plus your Mister Jets, but I wanted. Don't yeah. Mr. Jets me. I've said many times on yeah, the show, I have would, no problem with people taking the that g- might their game. Have. I didn't do the, my normal broadcaster preparation that Ouch. I could have, which is look at the piece of paper you print for me. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> That's why I knew that they were on the Jets. I mean, although we have to worry about Graver's uh, attention to detail here if he thinks that Mark loves watching Patrick Mahomes. He's over. Yeah, yeah. Mark tends to like the, the less covered Athletes, the ones True. that get a lot of primetime love and yeah. whatnot. Okay, but either way, this is a good pick. Yeah, Make I'm it. taking the Chiefs at Broncos for Mark because there's Iron no Eagle, way Charles Davis yeah. is you know no. That's you know, great. Small shakes. That's, that's a, great a great team. Great I'm combo. keeping Mark away from the Titans because of everything that's happened since he joined. Oh, <laughs> I see. That's really funny. <laughs> well, well played there. Yes, he's uh, he's been a bit of a poison there, but uh, yeah. Th- so we're going with Chiefs Broncos. You said that's right. Okay. I like that the Chiefs have really worked on their running game. I know they didn't win that game last week, but when they ran it in the red zone on third and four, I was like, okay, Chiefs. And then some pretty good runs in key spots when the Bengals were kind of begging them to. And this is a game where 
yeah, it's a mismatch, but the Broncos' defense is great, and I think they'll do some of the things uh, that a lot of defenses try to do against Kansas City, which is force them to run, and the Chiefs have shown they can do it now with Pacheco and McKinnon. I like McKinnon better. That's all I got to say. There's three 4 p.m. games, Eastern. Yeah. But now we have Mark taking two of them. Oh. Oh, should I undo that? Oh, Justin. You we be- can do a post-show trade. me. Can do a post show trade and clean it up. I don't always take everything into account that you guys do. Justin, I bring you into my home. Give me oh, my music, yeah. please. Oh, yep. Oh, one second. I bring you into my home. This podcast family we call ATN. And this is how you repay me? With this great act of disrespect, I will not forget. That's all I got. We really need this. Uh... You know, for everyone listening on the podcast to check out the the TV show re-airs throughout the weekend just to see Dan Hansis go for that Al Pacino scent of a woman Oscar. Uh, that's Brando. But all right, let's let's then uh, anything else we want to add to this game. I just want to say we've we've hit on the Broncos side of this pretty hard recently, but I'll say it again. Ten games with one touchdown or less and uh, the Russell Wilson storyline here. It's the biggest surprise in the NFL, I think, this year. What yeah. has happened to him and Denver and the expectations there, It's just, it still blows my mind when you watch uh, them on offense. And I think I'm going to – I will slide and grab this game. Mark will understand uh, just so I can uh, grab one of these late games. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm not going to enjoy it. It's not going to be fun. And the Chiefs, I feel like, could be more in that uh, – the mode they were against the Rams – uh, at Arrowhead, uh, where it's just survive in advance type vibe. So I don't expect this to be a fun game. And the one thing I'll give credit to Denver uh, on, Greggy, that their defense hasn't quit despite all the frustrations uh, on that other side of the ball. Last week was interesting for the Broncos. They have gone to the next level and not trusting Russell Wilson to throw the ball in a lot of situations. Running on third and five, every third and long was a throw short of the sticks. But they did set up a few deep shots. I... I was skeptical of this assessment, but that probably was Russell Wilson's best game of the season, even though he oh, only no, scored don't nine do points. It. Don't do it. I'm just saying. Now he had that one game against the Raiders when we were in London. Was okay. That was he legitimate. Was okay. I just yeah. mean they folk. He did a couple nice deep balls and didn't make any huge mistakes. Uh, Greg Dulcich has really come on as a, a nice option for them. And this uh, Chiefs defense—they're not a pass rush team. Show show us you can have a, a plus game Chiefs defense. You're going to have to try to go win the Super Bowl with his defense. Uh, if you can't make Russell Wilson look bad, then I'd start being worried. Yeah. Did you know that the Broncos have won once since September 25th? <laughs> once. There were some people that saw them as a Super Bowl contender. I don't even want to go back and check out my season predictions because I think I had Wilson in the Offensive Player of the Year spot. <laughs> I'll double check on that. All right. So why don't why don't we flip this now? So let me grab that game. Uh, let's make that the we talked about the trade last week that Mark and ah. I completed. This this is the terms of the trade. I actually moved up one spot in this draft. I grabbed that. And now, Justin, you will take a game on behalf of Mark Sessler. You're back at it, kid. All right. Mark loves games that end quickly that he doesn't have to pay super close attention to. So let's give him Texans at Cowboys. Yeah, there he would like go. that's he a would, blowout. He would adore that game. <laughs> All right. My my second try is a better try. Woo-hoo. Now you have to provide though incredible analysis about this Astute. game since you threw it out. 
All right, let's see. The Cowboys have dominated. <laughs> Whatever it starts with, let's see. All it's right, like, let's uh-oh. see. The Cowboys are a team in Dallas, <laughs> same mm, state I'm a, I'm a, as the Texans. The battle football. for Texas, my home state. It's oh, okay. an oblong ball. How there much you go. analysis? Kyle Allen still playing? I saw Davis Mills said he was excited to get out there and hasn't lost his confidence. Do after a lot of time. Benching. Wait, Kyle Allen isn't playing. Oh. Come on, no, he's benched. He's benched. Davis benched. Mills is back and. Uh, but it doesn't matter. They're the same person. What I said applies, though. He said he hasn't lost his confidence, and he's excited to get back out He there. lost his job. He should thank Kyle Allen. Davis Mills should buy him, like, the best Christmas presents because there is a difference. They're not the same. Kyle Allen was just— Disagree. Hard. So bad. I watched that game and thought— Man, they could. They might have won that Browns game with Davis Mills, just because no, at least, if nothing else, Kyle Allen made Davis Mills look like a long-term backup in the NFL. Whereas I don't think Kyle Allen he, should be that just guy. Just give me this, Greggy. Yeah. Have you? Can you tell me with absolute certainty you've ever seen Kyle <laughs> Allen and Davis Mills in the same place at the same time? No, but one of them has a huge neck, so they are distinctive in some in some ways. This will probably be uh, an easy game for the, the Cowboys. Prosthetics. Too. To work on their thing. You this know, is issues. like this is again. Yeah, Micah Parsons working on his Twitter issues. Like this is a thing. You, you, well, you're not digging Pass Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> it's the best nickname of all time. Pass Rush Limbaugh. Pass Rush Limbaugh. Uh, he was fired up about the the Britney uh, Griner release uh, from Russia. It's good to have Britney back, though. Are you kidding me? What I was so like, long? that felt. I was Jesus. genuinely Jesus Christ almost emotional when I saw that. I was. I don't know. That's been a long thing, and you got Christmas genuinely up. almost emotional. I mean, I was That's emotional. Great. It just it sounds like I'm playing to the to the crowd or something, but I was. It was great, great news to wake up to this morning. It was. It was very. This is my last two wake ups. Actually, woke up on. Um, uh, Wednesday morning, Aaron Judge back to the Yankees on a 900-year deal. I'm sure that will work out. The next day, Griner's out. Different in scope in terms of like importance well, to the people. Well, um, but I, I very s- important both events. I see what you're saying. You know what else is important? The yes, Cowboys. They lost. Uh, Anthony Brown for the season, they did, starting cornerback to the Achilles. I've liked Deron Bland, who had those interceptions. Uh, but this is kind of – it's perfect. They can work on, like, the things they're not happy with, except it's like a preseason game, except you get a win in the in the standings after it's over. Did you see some of the uh, – I saw Joe Douglas t- uh, trending also this morning, Greggy, and I was like, what is this? Why is my GM trending? And it was all people just doing bits of how – if he would handle the negotiations of the Griner release, the America would have gotten way more. I, that's that's funny, but I also am annoyed by like the people who treat it as if it's some like trade deadline deal. They're like, "Oh, what? We, you didn't get enough for the second round pick?" It's like this is real life here. Just shut up. Yeah, thank you, Greg. You've as always put it in proper perspective. Okay, I'm gonna put one quick point in perspective from this game, and then we can move on. Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, like. 13 targets last week, 56 yards. Dak actually didn't really have that good of a game uh, throwing the ball despite all those points. I just want to see them be a little more consistent. Those two guys are really important now that we know OBJ is not coming, and I think we know it. Uh, that's their second and third receiver. They're going to need to be consistent. And they it's been up and down. Like one week you think they're back, and then they're not. Just uh, stay healthy, Dallas Cowboys. Get through the game, survive, and advance. Let's move on now. Last pick, right? Is that where we're at? Yeah, we're at the Titans and Jaguars. Okay, Titans and Jaguars. Um, actually, could be a good game. 
Actually, I think it will. Justin, I think it'll be a close game. Now, the Jaguars got humbled a little bit. I wonder if they were a little high on their own supply after the way <laughs> things uh, closed out um, in week 12 with that dramatic two-point conversion to beat the Ravens and everybody, including people in this room, talking up uh, the game as the thing game that changed everything uh, for the Jaguars. And... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll cycle back to the point I made last week in this very show when I, I brought up Peyton Manning in 98 and his big game he had to to beat a really good Jets team. Well, the next week he went to Buffalo and that the Colts got killed. So it's not like it's not like this is it's a flip to switch. And now the quarterback and that offense will always be good. But we've now seen it can happen at any time. And uh, the Tennessee Tickle Monsters are going to really need to step up here, Justin, and uh, put some pressure on on Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, and we're going to need, at some point, Justin, we're going to need your running back to break out of this funk and allow Ryan Tannehill to operate. And, you know, we know uh, uh, Trayvon Burks, uh, Traylon Burks, he is um, still the concussion protocols this time. at this time. Uh, Robert Woods hasn't made a big impact this year. You need, you need, you need Derrick Henry to break out of this and put up a big game. Yeah, come on, D. Hember, where are you at? hasn't hasn't really See, got up to a hot start. I think you might have jinxed it because of D. Hember. I don't know if I have that much it's power. More like but... D. Hover. Oh, Ooh. and we were also excited for D. Hem Burks, but that's now on pause because oh. of the concussion. So, <laughs> a lot of creative puns. Did he go? He's also out of practice. Yep, still out. Christian Fulton's out of practice. David Long's out of practice, and most uh. importantly in this game. Trevor Lawrence is out of practice. Now, there was early optimism out of Jacksonville that he'll return to practice by the end of the week and and can hopefully play. But I remember a certain team that's also playing in this game that gave some early week optimism about their quarterback who wasn't practicing. And then it turns out they were doing an okie doke the whole time to get the other team to pre- prepare or be confused. And make our producer look foolish. Right, that too. right so over his eyes. I think there's a, a realistic chance C.J. Beathard is starting this game for the Jaguars, which would be a shame uh, unless you're a Titans I couldn't. Fan. I couldn't believe when I was watching the Jags, the, you know, that looked bad when uh, he got twisted down and bent the wrong way, Lawrence did, and when he uh, went down in the Detroit game. I was surprised that he came back, to be quite honest with you. And he ran really well. Yeah. I wonder if he was shot up, though. It's a toe injury, which I think is fascinating because those are usually lingering. Mm-hmm. Could be the dreaded uh, turf toe uh, ligament damage in there. So, yeah, um, but I do – you know what I do? I think Hember. that would be my kind of uh, – something I feel good about almost to the point where I would lock your guys. Um, but because of everything that's happening with the Titans, of course, the general manager firing. And I think Rabel, as we know, is a very good coach. Mark Sessler said at the top of the show, he's going to, I think he's going to circle the wagons here and have this team ready to play. And I think you're going to get, be ready to cut this for the show on Sunday. I think we're going to get one of those monster Henry games. I'm thinking 150 plus rushing yards, multiple touchdowns, maybe a big reception as well, and that's going to be the difference in a Titans win that kind of settles things down after a really chaotic two weeks. I love those predictions. You know, it was week 14, 2018, when Derrick Henry had his breakout game on Thursday Night Football, ran for those four touchdowns and 99-yard score. So we're out the same time of year against the same opponent. This is prime Dehember territory. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy because I can remember where I was for that very game in the Culver City Newsroom. Chris Wessling was on that night Mm. as well with me. 
I'm not as confident though about this game for the Titans. Titans are 13 and two against the division since the start of 2020. And is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he going to believe? I believe enough that True believer? this is going to be a closer game than everyone thinks, but still, uh, the Titans will pull it out. I'm locking That's it up. That's a boy. There you go, Justin. I believe it'll be a closer game than everyone thinks, but I'm locking no, it up. It's a four-point spread. That's good. That's and a you, good job, Justin. It, Justin knows what he's doing here. He knows he might get C.J. Beathard, and then the the line moves. And That's it's fine, like, too. It's you like, got to factor all these things You're in. being sneaky. Dan said that, that the Titans made me look foolish earlier. I've made myself look foolish enough. Now I'm in last place in the lock standings. Ooh, you are. Got to get back in the win column. Do we have those standings? Column. Can we take a look at them, we, by the way? We could if we're – yep, there they yeah, are. Let's take a look. Greggy in, in first, but he betrayed me, so uh, I'm going to come for him now. Zeuser, 9-4, and four, the defending champion. The Zeuser, you want to find the trophy? Head to Zeuser Manor. Go to my foyer. There it is. Sitting Not if you want the 2019 or 2020 trophy. Uh, you live in we the could past. be looking at a dynasty here. You live in the past. Mark Sessler, 8-5. and five, The West Brothers, 7-6. and six. And Gravedigger, sub-500. I don't know what it was. Something about that producer chair. They don't quite... The game escapes them. And Justin is... Here's the thing. Justin's a very knowledgeable football fan. But something about that chair leads to madness when it comes to the lock game. I told you, I want you guys to be in first. It's it, You're the host of the show. Uh, you should be at the top of the Propping up our egos. I like that. So I think just, I was in last. I am worried. Just I just want to get this out. I think there's a dark timeline for the Titans where things completely fall apart. So you, gotta, you Jeffrey don't believe Simmons, in Rabel. Jeffrey Simmons is not looking the same. The offensive line is a mess. They just fired their GM where they could be like an eight or nine win team in the in the playoffs still, but just that it doesn't go well. I don't know about what happens at the end of the season, but I will tell you this, Justin, 27-13. Nice, relaxing dub, Henry a beast. That would match the Titans' highest score of the se- point total that's, of the season. That's wow. kind of what I think. <laughs> not an <laughs> elite offense. That's about the best they can do. Um, all right, there you go. That is the draft. That is the program. Uh, let's Before we go, again, if you are in the Los Angeles area, hell, even if you're not in the Los Angeles area, we have our ATN ho- homecoming uh, live show from the Bourbon Room in Hollywood Wednesday, January 18th. Get your tickets, Ticketmaster, or anywhere else. Love it. Good That's memory. It. We heard that our last mention sold some tickets. and they, they could be out before Christmas, so don't wait. All right, there you go. Thank you to Neil Reynolds for his expert work. Thank you to Mark Sessler for popping in. That's a, you know he's a trooper for the old boss and the grave digger and everyone behind the glass. Remember, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. 
So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 